a habit starts with some sort of cue or trigger. Let's say it's something as simple as brushing your teeth, for example, okay? The cue or the trigger could be that you wake up. You wake up, you get out of bed, that's your cue or your trigger to start this habit of brushing your teeth. Next up is the craving. So after the cue and the trigger, there's the craving. And there's actually a common misconception here. We don't actually crave the habit, okay, like the action or the actual thought that the habit is. What we actually crave is the change in state we get from it. Okay, from doing that action or thinking that thought. Hey guys, this is Coach K and you're listening to the Making Changes, Breaking Barriers podcast where we talk about you. This is about you, your mind and your path. So before we get into today's episode, which I'm really excited about, I did want to give you a little sneak peek into what next week's episode is going to be all about. So in case you forgot and still need to buy your significant other a gift or make dinner reservations, I'm going to give you a little bit of a heads up. Next week is Valentine's Day. So if you haven't done that yet, maybe you need to get on it. I do know that not everyone celebrates Valentine's Day and that's okay. I know even if you're in a relationship, some people are very against it. I find that decide not to get each other gifts, that going out to dinner is kind of nice. Or even just using that week as an excuse to go out to dinner at least one time. I love going out to dinner, so I tend to use it as an excuse to do that. But what I'm going to do is use next week being Valentine's Day as an excuse to get Cora on the podcast. For any of you who don't know, Cora is my wife. We've been married for two and a half years now. And while that may not seem like a long time, it kind of does when we think about how much we've done in the past two years. And I won't get into too much of that now because that will be next week's episode. But yes, Cora is going to be our guest next week on the Making Changes Breaking Barriers podcast. And I guarantee it's going to be a very fun episode. So make sure you tune into that. Okay, so today's episode is going to be all about habits. This isn't the first time I've talked about habits. This won't be the last time I talk about habits. And that's because habits are like the cornerstone behind any sort of change we're trying to make. Habits are our day-to-day actions. There are routines. And our habits are also the parts of our lives that most people want to adapt when they're trying to make some sort of change in their life. When you actually break down a habit and how it's formed, it's actually pretty simple. And I'm going to just blow through this because I really don't want to talk about this part too much today on this episode, but I want to talk more about the keys for building better habits. But actually knowing how a habit is formed is very important. So let's just talk about it real quick. A habit starts with some sort of cue or trigger. Let's say it's something as simple as brushing your teeth, for example, okay? The cue or the trigger could be that you wake up. You wake up, you get out of bed, that's your cue or your trigger to start this habit of brushing your teeth. Next up is the craving. So after the cue and the trigger, there's the craving. And there's actually a common misconception here. We don't actually crave the habit, okay, like the action or the actual thought that the habit is. What we actually crave is the change in state we get from it, okay, from doing that action or thinking that thought. So the cue is, back to our example, the cue is to get up, get out of bed. Then the craving for us is maybe that clean feeling we feel in our teeth or the better smelling breath that we get from brushing our teeth. There's our craving. So then we have our cue, we have our craving. Next up is the response. This is going to be the actual action or the thought, what we actually think about 
as our habit, right? Maybe our habit is working out or it's eating healthy or whatever it is, okay? This is the actual action of the thought. So actually brushing our teeth is gonna be the response here. And then lastly, to complete this habit loop, there's gotta be some sort of reward. In this case, the reward is that your teeth feel better and your breath smells better and maybe your wife even will give you a morning kiss now because of those things, okay? So that's the habit loop. And like I told you, I'm gonna blow right through it very quickly, but starts with some sort of cue or trigger, then there's some sort of craving, then there's the response, and then there's the reward. And there needs to be, for the most part, all of these things happening for this habit not only to be formed, but for it to continue, okay? But here's the thing, and I can say this from much personal experience, and maybe you can as well. It's one thing to know how a habit is formed, and then it's a whole other thing to actually go out into the world and actually make changes to our habits. In order to change a habit, we have to break that habit loop that I just talked about. And this is really hard. It's not an easy thing to do. We have to get out of our routine in out of our comfort zone and we have to change the way our brain most naturally wants to work and this can be very difficult so i want to give you the six keys i have found to build better habits in your life okay so here we go number one the sixth key to building better habits in your life is going to be to find your most productive time of the day and use it wisely this is one that i have found especially in my adult life to be the most important and the most effective and making sure that I have the habits and I'm maintaining these habits that I actually want in my life that are benefiting me and that are helping me pr be productive and healthy and all these things, okay? So we gotta find the most productive time of the day. And how do we do this? The hard thing about this is it's not gonna be the same for everyone. First of all, just how we're built, I mean, all the way down to our genetics and our personality type, is that is gonna have an effect on what time of the day we can be most productive. We like to say as a society that the morning is the time to be most productive, but the reality is this isn't the case for everyone. There are people who actually function the most productively in the evening, right? Maybe it's between the hours of actually 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. because the way that person's life is built, they get to work without distractions at that time, right? Like maybe the kids already asleep and they're someone who needs no distractions, right? That's actually probably most people, right, need no distractions. Other people are gonna find that they have the ability to go to bed early, which means they can also wake up early, wake up before a lot of other people, the people in the household, as well as maybe people who would be calling on them from a work standpoint. And they're able to wake up in those early hours in the morning and get a lot done, okay? I'll just give one more example, and this is actually more where I fall into. I find that if I'm able to get up somewhat early, and get some of my like need to urgently get done work type things like maybe respond to some clients yeah just some things that feel urgent if i'm able to get a few things done maybe in about an hour then i can sit down and have around like a two to three hour time block where i can don't i don't have a lot of distractions because i got those things i needed to urgently get done and i can really get a whole lot done Okay, so that feels like it's my most productive time of the day. That's generally between around like 8.30 to 11.30, okay? So the first step here is finding your most productive time of the day. And then the second part of this is that we have to use it wisely. And again, this can be a bit different, but what I think a lot of people think about is during their most productive time of the day, they think, how can I get like the most work done? 
But the issue with this is sometimes that volume work is something that doesn't need as much brain power. And the things that need more brain power, where it's like maybe you're not getting as much volume done, but it requires a lot more creativity, which requires a lot less distraction and the most the most brain power to actually get done. That's what we should be using those hours for, right? Like, so for example, in my world, a lot of times chatting with clients doesn't take as much brain power as drafting up my next podcast episode, right? So I might use that time in the morning where I'm feeling most productive to actually write my podcast versus chatting with clients, which maybe I'm able to get more volume of work done when I'm chatting with clients. But if I leave this podcast to later in the afternoon where I'm starting to get a little tired, I don't have the creativity and the flow to actually write what I want to write. Okay. So all that being said, this is a huge key to make sure that we're able to build these habits we want to. It's figuring out really, and maybe this takes some experimentation, but what is your most productive time of the day and how can you use it wisely based on the type of work that you do and you know the responsibilities that you have in your life all right number two the second key to building better habits in your life is going to be to know your priorities and know that we can't do it all this is a tough one because especially if you're someone who listens to this podcast and is part of this community that we started to build you know you you do really value self-development and you value trying to live the best life that you can and finding the balance and being productive and all of those things and so generally when you have this sort of mindset you also have the mindset that there's a lot of things that you want to prioritize, right? I want to prioritize getting a solid workout in every day. And I also want to prioritize getting 10,000 steps in in a day and cooking all of my meals and making sure the dogs get exercise. And of course, obviously getting my job done to the best of my ability because I feel that that's really important as well. I also have a bunch of friends who don't live in town and I want to stay in contact with them. And so there's that that I want to prioritize and, and family and so on. I could go on forever, right? There's a lot of things that we want to prioritize. But when I say that we can't do it all, I just feel like that's so real. And it's something that I've experienced in my life as well. Even though I want to do all those things, I have to understand what the priorities are. Because on a daily basis, I do not have the time, let alone the mental bandwidth. I hit a wall come the end of the day where like I go into veg vegetation state and I need to just be done for the day, right? I do not have the bandwidth to do all of those things every day. There may be a day where I need to not answer a phone call from a family member because I have so much work, I cannot even get on that phone for 10 minutes, right? And so really understanding if I have to choose what am I going to choose is super important. And so that's going to be different for everyone. It's going to come down to your values. It's going to come down to the stage of life that you're in, your current priorities. This is something that we should all be spending time with evaluating and reevaluating and reevaluating, right? Like something for me, for example, is sleep. It is something that, especially since maybe the past five years or so, I've decided I am not going to budge on that one. Like I need for the most part, at least eight hours of sleep. If I can get nine, nine and a half hours of sleep, I'm super, super happy. So even during the holidays when I'm hanging out with family or, you know, hanging out with friends for the most part, you know, there comes a time in the evening where I'm uh, tapping core on the, on the knee and saying, Hey, we got to go right. Because it's time to get sleep. Or maybe I had planned to wake up early the next day to work, but we didn't get to bed in time. Most likely, I'm going to decide to sleep in, and it might mean I'm working later in the day that day, but that sleep is something that I'm always going to prioritize, okay? So know your priorities and know that you can't do it all. 
We really can't, okay, especially on a day-to-day basis. All right, the third key to building better habits is going to be to optimize your environment. And this is just exactly what it is. Really helping ourselves out, giving ourselves a helping hand by creating an environment around us that is conducive to the habits that we want. I'll give some examples. Let's say you're trying to eat healthier. You don't want to eat sweets anymore. You have a sweet tooth and you know that if they're in the house, it's very hard for you to resist. Don't keep sweets in the house, right? Create an environment that is not going to challenge you every single time you walk into that kitchen. You know, you have to walk into the kitchen to get the healthy food. But if you have to walk into the kitchen to get the healthy food and then there's sweets also there, you're challenging yourself. And maybe you're able to resist that temptation most of the time, but now all of a sudden you've had a really, really busy work day and you come home and you're exhausted. And before you can even give it a second thought, your hand is in that candy bag, right? So help yourself out by not even keeping it there. And I know that's super simple, but there's tons of other examples here. Let's say you're wanting to work out in the morning. That's the routine you're trying to create. You wanna work out first thing in the morning. Something that I've heard from clients that has been really beneficial is out your clothes, almost like we're a little kid again getting your workout clothes ready the night before, laying them on the ground in a place that you literally would have to walk over them to move on to anything else. So maybe you're putting them like right by the entryway to your room. And so you have no other choice to either decide, I'm gonna put those clothes on and work out, or I'm gonna walk over them and make the conscious decision not to work out, okay? There's another example of optimizing your environment. Another one I've heard, I've tried to implement, I'm not always great at, but I actually really love is during those productive hours that I was talking about before, our phones can be huge distractors, right? So obviously there's now the do not disturb function that I use actually a ton. So I would highly recommend that on your phone during those hours. But if you still find it challenging not to pick that thing up every five minutes, go put it in another room. Go put it in a drawer where again, you would literally have to decide, I'm going to stand up Go grab that phone out of the drawer because there's something I really need it for versus it just being there and out of habit, I'm going to grab it. So small changes like that can really be super effective because guess what? It's getting rid of necessarily the cue, but it's making that response, picking up the phone, a lot harder to do. It's something that we really have to put a lot more thought into to actually have that response. So optimizing your environment is super key. It's something that you can do for yourself too, which I really like. I'm gonna talk a little bit in a second about how we need to find some accountability and support from other people as well. But optimizing your environment is something you can do for yourself. It's something you can take accountability for and without really, for the most part, needing anyone else for that. All right, the fourth key to building better habits is gonna be don't be afraid to play tricks on your mind. This one kind of makes me chuckle because I feel like I really do have to explain this one because you're probably like, Christina, what are you talking about playing tricks on my mind? But I feel like this one has been one of the most effective ways to keep myself on a habit that I'm trying to create, okay? Like I was saying before, habits are scientific, okay? They're created and maintained through a habit loop. Our brains are literally trained to work in a certain way based on some sort of cue, whether it's environmental or something we're thinking, a restaurant that we're passing, a smell that we, you know, smell, something that we see, whatever it is. And our brain is literally trained to go through this habit cue. That's how our brain works. It's, you know, 
and to, you know, basically simplify the way that we do things. Okay. So with that being said, why can't we trick it, trick our brain to work in a different way and eventually train it to more easily accomplish the actions we want it to and form those new habits? I'll give an example. Okay. Something that I've struggled with for entire life, at least in my adulthood that I can remember, is I really like to snack at night. Okay. It's kind of like my reward to myself, right? We can talk about the habit loop. I finish my work. I close my laptop for the day. You know, I might watch an episode of something and that's my cue. Hey, where are the snacks? Whether I'm hungry or not, it's something that has formed as a habit in my brain. Okay. So that cue is I kind of done for the day, whatever, you know, that means for that day. That craving is, you know, tasty, whatever I want to eat that day. Okay. The, the taste of the food, it's something that I'm craving. The response is getting up, going into the kitchen, grabbing that snack. And then the reward is getting to enjoy that snack while I'm relaxing. Okay. I'm sure I'm not alone in this. This is something though that has formed as a habit for me. And it's, but it's not something I always want to do, right? There's times where I'm definitely reining my nutrition in. I'm trying to be healthier, eliminate, you know, more processed foods, which generally is what I want to snack on in the evenings. And so this is something that I'm, you know, sometimes at least focusing on trying to change. And so something that I've done is when I start to get that cue, that cue and the craving, my cue I'm not changing because I do work all day and then at some point I finish up, right? That I really couldn't change. But that craving, the craving of something sweet is I've started to trick my brain by saying, hey, we're not going to have this right now, but if you wait until the morning while you enjoy your coffee, you can eat something sweet, all right? And so then what I did was I created these little like energy balls. They're kind of sweet, but a little bit more healthy. They have like oats and I think there's a little bit of maple syrup in them and some almond butter. You know, it's one of those little like energy balls that there's tons of recipes for online. And so I've told myself that if I wait and not snack, which most likely would end up being a ton of snacking, I can have that treat in the morning, right? I can act on that cue and that craving by response of having that treat in the morning. So that's a little trick that has worked for me, kind of switch my mindset and allow me to stop snacking as much in the evenings. So there's tons of examples there, but don't be afraid to play some tricks on your mind. Figure out how can I kind of change the narrative, change my thought process. Maybe you can't change the cue. Maybe you can't even change the craving, but how can I change that response to still give some sort of response to that cue and that craving, okay? All right, number five, and I'm not gonna talk about this one for too long because it is very simple, but so, so effective. And that fifth key to building better habits is gonna be to use a calendar, okay? I know this isn't the first time that you've heard this. Like I said, it's, it's nothing special. It's not rocket science, but wherever you keep your calendar, and I, I know most of us use an online calendar like through your laptop or on your phone or whatever nowadays, schedule in the things that you wanna schedule in. Whatever you have decided that you're gonna prioritize for the day, get it in your calendar, okay? Like most of us will have already a work calendar, right? With meetings or things we need to get done and whatnot. But do you schedule in your workout time, right? Whenever you wanna work out, maybe it's at six in the morning, maybe it's at 5 p.m. at night, put it in your calendar. Maybe it's grocery shopping. I know that I need to kind of plan out when I'm gonna go grocery shopping because I'm pretty busy and it's hard to find the time. I'm gonna put it in the calendar. Even important conversations that you need to have with people. Like, for example, Cora and I have started scheduling out when we're gonna have like our more financial talks. We try and once a month talk about our budget and where we're at with it and 
how we did on spending on the previous month and what our plan is moving forward. And we started to put that in the calendar because it's not like the most fun conversation to have. And it's something that we could easily put off. But when it's in our calendar, we know it's coming. We can kind of mentally prepare for it. And then we end up having it. Okay, so put things in your calendar if you want to get them done. All right. And the sixth key to building better habits in your life is going to be to find an accountability buddy. So this is really the one thing with all of these keys and all the tips that I would give where we do have to rely on someone else. We have to rely on our support system, on our community, having that support from other people. And I've talked about this on this podcast quite a bit, but can be key, super key to letting us accomplish the things we want to accomplish. In this case, you know, changing our habits, which can be difficult, you know, and this can look really different. It doesn't necessarily need to be with someone that you live with. Okay. If it is great, that does make it easier, especially if it's something like, you know, wanting to eat healthier. Obviously if the person that you live with is on board, it can be a lot simpler, right? But you know, maybe it's something like wanting to get back into a better workout routine even finding an accountability buddy online, like someone you find on Instagram who seems to have it down and they're working out every day, like maybe even just checking out their page, seeing what workouts they're doing daily helps keep you accountable to you doing it daily, right? That doesn't even require necessarily much communication, but you can find accountability that way. Something I've done in the past is I've found like certain people who I really like to follow on YouTube, Nick Barr being one of those. And he posts very consistently like workout videos on his YouTube. And so what I found is watching those videos like in the evening kind of helped keep me accountable to getting my workout in the next day because it helped motivate me, right? But you know, maybe it is an in-person friend, a friend that you have who lives in town and you guys are going to go work out together a couple times a week. Or maybe it's a family member who can text and check in like, hey, I know you want to me to hold you accountable to this habit that you're trying to change. Like, how's it going? And they're texting you daily. Get creative with it. There's a lot of ways that you can do this and find this accountability buddy, but I do think this can really, really be key. And I think it could be most beneficial when it is someone that you live with. I'm going to be completely honest because I know in our case, when Core and I are on the same kind of mindset when it's coming to our nutrition and our fitness and honestly, just like the overall productivity of our day, we're generally like rock solid. We're rock stars about it. We get it done. You know, we're feeling really good. But as soon as like one of us starts to detour away from that, it starts to kind of pull the other one with them. Okay. And this is actually what the research shows and proves as well, right? Research has actually shown that the exertion of mental effort with someone that you're physically with is actually contagious. So whether that's not putting a lot of effort into something that's going to be contagious or putting a lot of effort into something that's also going to be contagious. So really pay attention to that. And also with yourself, like how much the amount of effort you're putting into something, how is that affecting the people that you're around as well? Okay. All right. That's what I'm going to leave you guys with today. So hopefully some of those keys felt helpful to you and are something that you can take away and maybe put in, you know, put into play and see if they help you make some of the changes that you're trying to make. So with that being said, I will leave you with what I always leave you with. Changing your path will not be easy. It will be challenging. I'll say that over and over again, but it will be worth it. So do a self check today. Are you on your path up your mountain? And if not, what path are you on? 